Let's jump into our passage today, but before we do that, let's ask for God's help to meet us here. God, we thank you for being present with us, for being a God um, who cares to dwell among us. We thank you for dwelling among us in your word richly today as we sang of the truths of who you are, um, that you are our savior, that you are the lion and the lamb, the one who came to save us. And we pray that those uh, words are not just words, but they are truths that sink deeply into our hearts so that we can know you more. And I pray that Jesus, you meet us here in your word, um, that we can really see you for um, the truth of who you are and how you meet each one of us individually. Amen. Well, um, I used to ride a bike to work, um, and this is when I was living in Britain, um, and I, I say sometimes that one of the biggest miracles of uh, me living in Britain was not dying after riding on the streets of Manchester for four years cycling around. Um, and I remember one day, I was on my way to work, I had to open up the office in order to get some meetings started, and about halfway in on the longest stretch of road, I remember hearing kind of like a clinking sound, like a jingle, um, and I just kind of disregard it. I get to the office, I go to open up, and I don't have my keys. And I thought, oh man, they're back on that road, aren't they? So I remember calling Hannah <laughs> and saying, so I lost my keys, I was on the way to work, if anyone calls you, I'm looking for them, I think I know where they are. So I got on my bike, I went back to that road, and, um, and I started searching. It was probably about half a mile to a mile long, and I was just riding very slowly along the sidewalk, looking at each crack and crevice, not seeing anything. Um, and if you, if you cycle at all, you might know that cycling slowly on a road bike is not a nice thing or a smart thing to do, really. Um, so sure enough, about halfway through looking down this road, I hit a crack and just went face first into the concrete. And as I did, I heard a jingle. And I realized um, I had just put my keys in a different place to where I normally store them. And they were with me the whole time. <laughs> I called Hannah confessed my pity and uh, sadness uh, for wasting time, but also that I fell in the midst of traffic coming into the city that all laughed at me. But the point of the story is, um, I think sometimes we can do that in life. We can be seeking something, we can be missing something, and look all over for it. <laughs> Thinking it's, it's, maybe it's over there, maybe it's over there. Um, when in reality, it was in our back pocket the whole time. And part of what we're going to look at today is, is look at someone who was seeking something um, that was right in front of him, and he actually found it. He actually finds it. So we're looking today at uh, the story of Andrew. Um, and he's what we would call a seeker. Um, 
And I don't, you know, I don't know why you did decide to come to church today. I'm really glad that you did. Um, but it probably was for some reason, um, even if that was just something to do on a Sunday. Um, but I don't know if you came because a friend invited you. Maybe you're going through a hard time. Uh, maybe you found the last year and a half to be incredibly difficult and you're looking for some answers. Um, maybe you saw the donuts. <laughs> um, I don't know exactly what it is, um, but the truth is we as humans are all seeking something. And we'll see in our passage today that actually when Jesus meets us, we can find the thing that we're seeking because we can find it in him. Um, because simply knowing about Jesus, which is what a lot of people do when they come to church, they learn to come to know more about Jesus. It's, it's not the same thing as knowing Jesus. Knowing about Jesus is not the same thing as knowing Jesus. Because when we come to know Jesus, we can find the truth and, and answer some of those questions and actually find a relationship that satisfies our souls. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. What does it look like to seek and to find what we're looking for? Um, so if you've been coming along uh, regularly, we looked at the, the book of Revelation not too long ago, um, and we just started in this series uh, called The Great Physician. Um, and really what we're doing in this series is we're looking at specific interactions throughout the Gospels, which is basically the, the Bible's word for Jesus' biography. What happened with Jesus? What did he do? Um, and we're looking at how he specifically interacts with individuals uh, because he interacts with multiple individuals. And we actually see some interesting things. One, he never interacts with this person the same way twice. He treats everyone as a unique individual. Um, even though all humans struggle with the same basic things, the same basic needs, Jesus meets each individual on their own terms, wherever they're at. And he deals with them differently than he would deal with others. So when we get to do that, when we get to see Jesus and come and bring healing to individuals, it shows us two things. One, it shows us how he meets us, but it also shows us how he meets others. And we can learn from both of those things. The, the main passage that kind of kicks off this series is, is Matthew 11, which we looked at a couple weeks ago. Matthew eleven twenty eight. it says, It is not the, the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus came so that he could meet the sick where they were at and heal them, whatever that looked like. And by looking at the way that Jesus came to care for individuals, we can learn how he cares for us and how we can care for others. So let's dive into this story of how Jesus meets uh, his disciple, Andrew. We're going to break this up into three parts. Uh, so first, we're going to look at the patient as in Andrew. Uh, second, we're going to look at the appointment. So that's the story. How did Jesus meet him? What happened? Um, and then three, we're going to look at the prescription. What did Jesus prescribe for Andrew's ailment? Uh, where does Jesus meet his need? Uh, so let's start off by looking in uh, at the patient. 
you know, this is a bit of, you know, we're kind of doing the doctor's paperwork b- before going in. Uh, we're filling out the forms. Who is Andrew? Um, and what does, what do we know about him? Uh, well, does anyone know much about Andrew? There's not too much in the Bible about him. He was uh, one of Jesus' disciples. Um, and actually, uh, he fits in the biblical story in really eight different passages um, or at eight different places. First uh, time we hear about Andrew is actually in the passage that we read today. It's where he meets Jesus. Um, and actually, uh, this is the first time that we have Jesus' recorded words in his ministry is in this passage, which is exciting to look at how that works um, then we see that uh, Andrew in Mark 1 and Luke 5 is called by Jesus uh, to stop fishing so that he can follow Jesus and what Jesus says is fish for men. Um, Mark 1 says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. He said, come and follow me and I will send you out to be fishers of people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. So not too long after that, Jesus is collecting his disciples and and Andrew's mentioned as one of the 12 disciples that Jesus specifically asks to come and follow him. Uh, John 6, we read uh, that Andrew was actually the one who found the little boy with the five loaves and the two fish and brought them to Jesus. Um, Then we read about Andrew again in John 12, um, where uh, two Greek God-fearing people wanted to meet Jesus. Um, They asked Philip what to do, and Philip asked Andrew what to do, and Andrew's like, well, let's bring them to Jesus. (laughs) So we see that in Andrew. And then we see that Andrew actually is um, kind of part of uh, more of the inner circle. He's closer to Jesus than some of the other disciples when we see that James, John, and Peter, and Andrew come and, and ask Jesus specifically to ask or to explain different parts of his teaching um, and uh, learn more from him specifically. And then we see um, the next time Andrew's mentioned in Acts 1, uh, where he's named among the apostles in the church. Those are the ones who, who were part of the original church that started everything. Um, So Andrew, he's not a flashy guy. He's not in every story that's in the Gospels. Um, So what do we know about Andrew that's kind of in Scripture? But then what do we know about him as a person? What kind of person is he? Well, it says he's a fisherman. Um, He actually comes from the village of Bethsaida, which literally means fish house. Um, is on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. So we can assume he was not a particularly rich man. Um, He was a salt-of-the-earth working man. Um, And we, like I said, he's not necessarily an impressive man. You don't get that sense in any of the stories that he has to be in the front, has to be speaking. Um, He's actually mostly referred to in his relationship to other people. Do you notice that in the passage? It says... um, uh, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. Um, Andrew is mentioned along with the other disciples. Andrew's hardly ever mentioned just as Andrew. Uh, he's always mentioned in relation to other people. I get that as a youngest child. I was always Nate's brother, Ben's brother, or I was my dad's son. 
Um, so he's not necessarily uh, an outspoken kind of guy, but we do know that he was Jewish and he was a follower of a guy called John the Baptist, who was definitely an outspoken guy. <laughs> um, John the Baptist uh, was actually uh, someone who came right before Jesus and his ministry was to announce that Jesus was coming. Um, he, his ministry was to announce that the kingdom of heaven was about to come and that the Messiah was coming as well. And he preached a, a baptism of repentance and confession of sin and forgiveness of sin. Um, and he called people to prepare their lives for that. And we know that Andrew is actually one of those disciples and one of his closest disciples. Um, so Andrew would have been looking and he would have been seeking not every Jew followed John the Baptist. So Andrew, even though he's not an impressive guy, he was always seeking, he was always searching. And we find that he's actually quite a discerning guy. So when he wasn't, you know, working a grueling long day on the Sea of Galilee, he was sat under the teaching of John the Baptist, waiting for the Messiah. And Andrew's name actually means manly or courageous. We have an Andrew here. Manly, courageous, you can see him. Um, oh, couple. Um, but we see in, in Andrew, this, this is displayed as, as kind of a quiet confidence. He definitely lives up to his name in this story. So if that's Andrew, if that's kind of the guy that we're dealing with here, Let's go back to the story. So open back up to me, uh, with me to John 1, 35. And we'll look back at how Jesus meets this man who is seeking. So verse 35 says, The next day, John was there again uh, with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. So we actually see when he says he was there again, John had been the same place continually preaching that the son of God was coming and that the kingdom of God was coming. And he had actually in verse 29 already pointed out um, that Jesus was there. He was the one who John had been talking about. It says, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. People had actually been mistaking John the Baptist for the Messiah. And John kept saying, no, no, it's not me. It's this guy. And that's significant um, because this is, this is one of those moments that the Jews had been waiting for, for a very long time. They had been waiting for the Messiah to come, the one that would make all things right, um, the one that would save the Jewish people from their oppressors, the one that would establish God's kingdom on earth. And John calls him the Lamb of God, which was not necessarily what people were expecting when it came to the Messiah. So what did he mean by the Lamb of God? Well, if you know the Old Testament, um, Old Testament lambs were used as a sacrifice for people's sins. Um, and uh, that was the way that actually sins were forgiven, they were atoned for. And uh, every lamb that was sacrificed in place of a person's sin and guilt could restore their relationship to God. And that was the whole point of the Lamb of God, 
was to bring God and people back into relationship with one another from the sin that separated them to close that gap. So this is actually not a person's lamb, but this is God's lamb that he's offering to bridge that gap. And this is a huge statement, what John is saying here. He's saying that this is the one that God is offering to come and save people. So that's who he's talking about. And these are his followers. And he's saying that guy will bring us permanently back to God. So verse 37, when Andrew and another heard this, they're like, okay, that's the guy. Let's, let's follow him. Do you notice how just like immediately Andrew and his friend were like, yeah, we'll just drop everything. If that's the guy, we'll go. It's kind of like um, if you had a a favorite band um, and they had a cover band (laughs) and you were listening to the cover band and that's all you really knew. And they said, oh, if you like our songs, if you like what we're about, the real band is literally playing across the street. Go and listen to them. Uh, But if all you had known was that band, um, it would take some faith to say, actually, I will go. I will go to the other place and see what the real deal is all about. So we think about how that, that feels. Andrew would have had to take a step of faith. So he leaves the comfort of what he knows to go for the thing which has been promised. So we admire Andrew's certainty in this. And then we get to his interaction with Jesus. Verse 38. It says he was following Jesus and Jesus turns around Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? Now, what a question, right? Um, This is not like a snarky, like, what do you want? (laughs) Um, This is is really kind of that penetrating question. The one that someone asks you and you're like, oh, (laughs) I don't know what to say. I got a couple of those last week. I was around... Uh, a few people in, our, in the missions agency that I work with. Um, I was over in Britain for four years doing ministry. Um, and I had a few people ask me, so what did you learn in Britain? And I was like, how long do you have? <laughs> um, it's kind of that, right? It's, it's a question that needs more than just a simple answer. What do you want? What was his answer? This is so funny. He, he replies and says, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? <laughs> um, I love this because um, if you know anything about how Jesus interacts with individuals, often he answers questions with more questions, getting to the heart, to the root of what's going on. Um, and that's kind of what Andrew's doing here. Um, it's a little bit like if, if you were to go up to uh, a drive-through and you know that anxious moment uh, when the person comes on the intercom and is like so what can I get for you and you're like well I don't know a seat inside so I can take more time to decide (laughs) that's kind of what Andrew's getting at here I I need to know you more to know if you have what I want and there's a couple more clues in here for what that actually means rabbi just means teacher. Rabbis were the ones who, um, back in Jesus' day, explained the law, um, explained how to live out the law, um, and they actually had essentially a rule of life. 
Um, How do we best live out the law that honors God and brings us the most wholeness and joy? So Andrew was not just after uh, a simple statement. He was not just after, are you the Messiah? He wanted to know who Jesus was. And he needed time for that. So he says, to, uh, then Jesus says to him, where, he says, where are you staying? Jesus says to him, well, come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent the day with him. So Jesus says, come and you will see. If Andrew wanted to get the, the answers he really needed, he needed to go where Jesus was. He needed to meet Jesus where he was at. And that's exactly what he did. He went and he sat with him. Did you get that? He spent the rest of the day with Jesus at that moment. He went, dropped everything he was doing to go find out if Jesus was the one he was really seeking. So what happens right after that? They spend the day together. The first thing Andrew did, verse 41 was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. So Andrew was so convinced by his time with Jesus that the very first thing he did was go and tell his brother. That no longer sounds like someone who is seeking to me. So... Before we move into the the final section where we look at the prescription, what does Jesus do? Where does he meet him? It's important to answer the question of what is Andrew's sickness? So Jesus came to heal the sick. If he came for the sinner, not the righteous, what was Andrew's sickness? He would have been following John. So he would have believed in uh, confession of sins. He would have believed that he needed to be forgiven by God he would have believed that there was a Messiah that was coming. So what was Andrew's sickness? Well, he was seeking the Messiah himself, not just something about him. And Jesus' question hits it right on the head. He was seeking and he he didn't have what he needed yet. He was lost. And Jesus said he... He, in Luke 19.10, Jesus says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And Andrew knew he was lost unless he could find who Jesus was. So, really, Andrew, even though he was not far from Jesus before he met him, he still didn't yet know Jesus. Or another way to say this, as I said at the beginning, Andrew knew about Jesus, but he didn't yet know Jesus. He knew about Jesus, but he didn't yet know Jesus. So what's the difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone? I mean, we do this all the time, right? Instagram. (laughs) How many of the people that you follow on Instagram do you actually know? You might know something about them. Like, let's say you follow a lifestyle guru. You might know how they, you know, arrange their living room. Or you might know how they would set up for a dinner party. Or you might know um, how they would uh, decorate, um, you know, for their birthday party. You know, I don't know what it would be. Um, You might even know some things about their life that they choose to tell you. 
Um, but you don't know them. <laughs> you know, if you follow a musician on Instagram or on anything, you might know the kind of guitar that they play. You might know their influences. You might know their songs backward and forward, but you don't know them. And more importantly, they don't know you. And this is the kind of knowledge that Andrew was seeking here. He didn't want to just know about the Messiah and sit around and theorize what he would be like, try to figure out exactly who he was going to be, because he said, if that's him, I just want to get to know who he is. He was compelled to go deeper than that and know Jesus personally. He went from knowing about Jesus to knowing Jesus. And this is a really, really, really important point. Christianity is so much more than just a bunch of truth and ethics and a way to help your mental health. It is so much more than a set of propositional truths about the world and about God. Christianity is about God setting right the relationship between himself and man. That was broken from the beginning. And Jesus was his answer to this. And that's exactly where he meets Andrew, going from someone who knew about him to really knowing him. So what do we learn? What do we learn from this patient Andrew, the appointment? What is Jesus' prescription for someone who is seeking him? Seeking to not just know about him, but know him and move from there. But we see three things that happen with Andrew. First, he seeks Jesus, then he sits with Jesus, and then he speaks of Jesus. It's those three things, and we'll wrap up here today. So first thing for those who are seeking, seek Jesus. Answer his call. He, when he says, come and see to Andrew, he's not just saying that to Andrew. He's saying that to each one of us. Come and see It's an invitation. It's not an interrogation. Seek Jesus, you know, from the beginning. Like I said, look in the back pocket. He's there. (laughs) He's been there all along. Just like Andrew, who needed to move from hearing about Jesus from John the Baptist, we need to go from merely gathering more knowledge about Jesus to meeting him personally. I had a friend... um, who I met my first day in ministry in Manchester. His name was Etienne. Um, he was great. Um, and I, I was just asking everyone in, in that time. It was my first Sunday there, so I didn't really know who was who. And, and so I was meeting people saying, hey, have you come to church here before? And I said that to him, and he said, uh, no, this is actually my first time at church. I was like, amazing. Why'd you come? <laughs> Um, and he said, well, I think I'm a Christian and I figured I should know more about Jesus. I was like, that's great. <laughs> You're in the right place. Um, so we met later that week uh, and grabbed a coffee. I said, so like, what do you know? <laughs> like, why would you call yourself a Christian? And he said, well, you know, I had a friend um, who just would not stop talking about Jesus Um, And year after year, I just ignored it and ignored it and ignored it. 
um, and then saw one of my other friends come to know about Jesus, and then something completely changed in him, um, and he became a different person, but not like on the outside, um, necessarily. He was an okay guy. Um, he just, in himself, changed. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what do you mean? He said, well, they told me this. They said that God sent his son into the world to live a perfect life that I couldn't live, to die a death that I deserved so that I could be made right with God and actually have a relationship with him. And that's all I know. I was like, again, a great place to start. <laughs> um, and he looked at me and he said, he, looked, he pointed at the Bible that was on the table. He said, I don't know anything about this. It's like, I, you know, is this written by... God himself? Did it fall from the sky? Like, is this all different people? (laughs) It's like, I don't know anything, um, but I do know that I want to know God. Um, And I remember asking him even months later, and he's just the sweetest, most genuine guy. Again, the theme came up, like, what's changed about your life since becoming a Christian? He's like, well, not that much practically, but I know God now. I know that he knows me and he loves me and I walk every day with him. And that's what's happening here. We are all seekers at heart seeking for something that has been lost to humans ever since sin came into the world, a connection and a reconnection with God. And we get that when we seek Jesus because Jesus is the answer to that reconnection with God. So we might be seeking truth in all sorts of places, whether it's the news or um, on social media or from our friends. But Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. We might be seeking a full life and what it looks like to really be human, but Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We might be seeking rest uh, through all sorts of ways. Um, But really, Jesus says, we've looked at this multiple times in the last few weeks, Matthew 28, 11, 28. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And that's it. We don't need a Bible degree to figure out if Jesus is who he said he was. We need to seek him. And meet him. And that's the next step seeking Jesus and then sitting with Jesus. I think there's a reason why we don't know what the conversation was between Jesus and Andrew. Did you catch that? It just says that they sat down. (laughs) Um, Because I don't think that there was a specific truth nugget that convinced Andrew. I think what convinced Andrew was being with Jesus. And what did Jesus give him? Do you notice what happens in this story? Jesus goes from, you know, we don't know where Jesus was going, um, but he has two men who follow him. He, he turns around and then just drops everything he's doing and gives them the whole rest of, of his day. Isn't that amazing? Jesus gives Andrew that thing that we almost crave more than money is time. <laughs> what a, a gracious way to display who God is to us. He gives us time. Um, Charles Schultz, 
You guys know who he is, the creator and cartoonist of Peanuts, uh, Snoopy, and Charlie Brown. Um, It said that his kids never knew he had a job. Even though he's one of the most famous cartoonists and accomplished cartoonists ever, uh, because every time they walked into his office, he put down his pencil, he sat on the ground and talked to them. No matter what time of day, he stopped whatever he was doing and talked with them. And that's the picture that we get here of Jesus. He gives them the time that they need to come to know who he is. So how do we do that? How do we meet Jesus in our moments? How do we sit with him? Well, we we do that here every Sunday, but it's the same pattern that we talk about all the time. We look up and, and see who God is. And we have a leg up on Andrew at this point because all Andrew knew was what he heard from John. But we actually have all the stories about Jesus in their completion in here from start to finish. We can know Jesus by looking at who he is in his word, by meeting as a church, by speaking of him, by singing of him, by studying the Bible together and studying the word on our own. But then we need to speak to Jesus. It's not enough just to hear about him, um, but speaking to him personally. We call that prayer. As uh, he reveals himself to you, no, you know, no relationship is real without communication. And that's what needs to happen. We need to come to God, not as someone who has it all figured out, but someone in need and communicate with him. But then we need to lastly believe that Jesus is our savior. That's, that's the reason why Andrew went running to Jesus, because he knew he was the Messiah that he needed to believe in. He didn't just stop at seeing Jesus or speaking to Jesus. He needed to go from thinking he could possibly be the Messiah and his savior to truly believing in him for that. And this, this seems like, okay, yeah, that's the first step into the Christian life. We need to learn about who Jesus is. We need to pray to him. We need to believe and trust in him. Um, but I have a secret. We don't move on from this as Christians. <laughs> Coming to Jesus is how we grow. Coming to Jesus is how we move forward in the Christian life in health. With every ill, with every longing, with everything, it never stops being this pattern. And it can be said that we're never too sinful to know Jesus, but we might be too busy. See what it takes here to know Jesus? It's the time to come and be with him. The time to come to him. We wonder why we struggle so much with the stress of this life and we want the quick fix. But it takes the time to sit with the Savior himself. To know who he is, know what he promises. To believe what he says, like in John 17.3, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you sent. And lastly, when this is true of us, when we've met with God, when we know him, when we believe in him, we can't help but speak of him. 
right? The very first thing, do you notice, the very first thing that he does after meeting with Jesus, being convinced that he's the Messiah, is he goes and tells his brother. And I don't know where you feel like you fit in the story of Christianity as the world's going forward. Maybe you feel like an Andrew that's just in the background, that's not making much of a difference. But Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. If you know anything about Peter, (laughs) he is not only one of Jesus' closest disciples, uh, but he is the one that Jesus said, you, on you, Peter, on you, the rock, I will build my church. And it was that simple act of, of Andrew saying, I found him, come and see him. And that was Andrew's ministry model throughout the, the New Testament. He didn't have a bunch of answers. He just said, come to Jesus. <laughs> he said, I don't know, you want some fish and loaves? Okay, well, let's bring them to Jesus. To the Greeks who said, I don't know, like, we want to know who Jesus is. Philip says, I don't know what to do. Andrew's like, all I got is, I'll just bring him to Jesus. <laughs> because this is what Andrew did and found life. And because he found life in Jesus, he could not help but speak of him. And that's really what we get to do here as we not only experience this of Jesus, but also do this for others. We need to seek Jesus. We need to sit with Jesus. And in doing those two things, we can't help but speak of him. So I pray that we can do that and learn from Andrew and how Jesus met with him because you don't have to be an impressive person to make a difference in the kingdom. (laughs) You just have to be willing to come to Jesus and to bring others along. So let's pray. Father, I pray that today we would know the simplicity of what it is to come to you our rock, our redeemer, our savior, the one who longs to know us. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't make this process more complicated than it needs to be, but Lord, also that that you would empower us to take the time that it takes to to sit with you, to know you personally. That we could know the creator of the universe as a friend. Move our hearts today, God, to see, Jesus, your compassion on us. Because we are lost, we are always seeking, and I pray that we can always find what we need in you alone. Amen.